Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hey friends, Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. What is the President Trump formula for living through this difficult point in our nation's history? What is the President Trump formula for taking back our country? Well, he summarized it very well just the other night. And before this program is finished tonight, we're going to take a look at what that was. Along with talking to you about the Trump rally that took place Saturday night up in Anchorage, Alaska, I am sure many of you watched it. If you didn't, go back and watch it, whether here on Right Side Broadcasting Network, those of you who are watching on RSBN, you know that all the rallies are there. We at Priest for Life also have a site called PresidentTrumpRallies.com. And uh, you can see that and uh, all the previous rallies as well. So there's that. But I also want to ask a simple question and answer it before this program is over tonight. Can Biden really undo the Supreme Court's recent abortion decision and save Roe v. Wade? We'll give you the answer to that question as well. And we're going to talk about a bunch of other things, too, not the least of which is your own questions. So we got a nice big audience here tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. And I want to invite you right now to uh, give us your uh, your questions and your comments. Uh, what we're going to do is uh, start off here, as we usually do, with scripture and uh, prayer. And then we're going to, uh, I, I see uh, we want Donald Trump back, uh, Ira is saying. And I think we can all, listen, you all have your hats, right? Maybe we ought to we ought to wear our hats when we uh, when we get together for these programs. Uh, this one is the Ultra MAGA. You know, there's the various different um, slogans on these hats, all of which are part of the great MAGA movement that, as the president reminded us again the other night, is the greatest American political movement in our entire history. So that sentiment you just expressed, we want him back. We need him back. Uh, a lot of people are uh, saying that. And he gave very strong indication Saturday night that that's exactly what uh, he is going to do. And uh, we are going to be behind him all the way, of course. Let's go to St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Uh, and uh, he uh, is uh, talking to us here in chapter 8. And they're really this, I'll tell you what, the, the spirit of this passage that we're about to read really expresses the spirit that President Trump conveys in these rallies of determination, of confidence in God, of the ability to weather any kind of storm or trial. Hasn't he exemplified that in his life and in his administration and in his political battles that are ongoing, even though he's out of office, the other side cannot stop obsessing about him, right? They want to attack a, a, a president who's not in the White House anymore. These people are just... They're just radical left lunatics. But uh, let's see what Paul says about all this in Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 28. We know that all things work for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called, and those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he in turn glorified. 
What then shall we say to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but handed him over for us all, how will he not also give us everything else besides? Will Who will bring a charge against God's chosen ones? It is God who acquits us. Who will condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, rather was raised, who is also at the right hand of God, who intercedes for us. What will separate us from the love of Christ? Will anguish or distress or persecution or famine or danger or nakedness or the sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being slain all the day long. We are looked upon as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we conquer overwhelmingly through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor present things, nor future things, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for bringing us together here tonight to pray for America. Lord, we know the trials, the tribulations, that afflict us right now as some in power hate this country and literally try to destroy it, whether by destroying our borders or our economy or our religious freedom or the education of our children or our military or our standing overseas. Lord God, our values, our unborn children, they try to destroy these things. Lord God, we declare tonight that your love conquers in the midst of all of this and that because we are faithful to you, that these evils, though very real threats and doing very real damage, will not and cannot have the last word. That, Lord God, is the spirit you express to us and impart to us through St. Paul and that, O oh Lord, is the spirit that our founders lived and willed to pass on to us too. Thank you, Lord God, for that indomitable Christian spirit. Thank you for that indomitable American spirit. We ask you to let us live it and pass it along to the next generation, that this country may continue to flourish in freedom and in virtue. We pray through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Well, friends, did you see the rally? Did you see the rally with President Trump in Anchorage, Alaska? It was electrifying. The energy there was as intense as anything we have seen. It's like the, uh, it's like the 2016 election energy at all those various rallies. Um, again, comments, bring, bring me your comments and questions. Uh, uh, Charlene is saying, wonder who his running mate will be. That is an interesting question. It's too early to, to really tell. Uh, but uh, a lot of considerations, of course, go into that, many of which uh, uh, it's going to take a little bit longer for us to, uh, to, get a, to get a good sense of that. But he certainly said it more than once at the rally, you know, how he says, maybe we're going to have to do it again. Uh, we, uh, brought America, we brought America to uh, a historic greatness with the economy, with our accomplishments, and, 
and uh, we may have to do it yet again. What are some of the main points he made in this rally? First of all, Lisa Murkowski must go. Okay, it was a rally to get people ready, first of all, for the Alaska primaries, which will be on August the 16th. And friends, if you want to keep all your dates in mind, okay, where primaries are in various states, even if you don't live there, you can spread the word about it. And even if you don't know people in that state, by putting information on social media and reminding people, folks in those states can see it. So stateelectioncalendar.org is a website that we put together at Priests for Life. We have a big election uh, website called Pro-Life Vote. That's prolifevote.com. And stateelectioncalendar.org is part of that website. So you can see the dates of the primaries. You can see the dates when voter registration deadlines uh, come, both for the primary and then there's a separate voter registration deadline for the general. And then, of course, you can see if a state has early voting uh, in Arizona, you're already able to vote for Cary Lake during these days. And uh, you see what the early voting dates are when they begin and when they end. So a big theme of this rally Saturday night was let's get rid of Lisa Murkowski. She's been in the Senate it, it worse, worse rhino that there is. He said, in fact, she's worse than a Democrat. And he went through a number of the examples of why this is the case. Um, and we'll get into some of those. Of course, most importantly, Kelly Shabaka, he introduced her uh, and she's the one who will defeat Lisa Murkowski and take that Senate seat. So that'll be in the hands of a true Republican, an America first uh, Republican and not in the hands of somebody who's really worse is worse than a Democrat, um, just like a Democrat in terms of uh, voting and then worse because she puts on that deceptive uh, veneer of being a Republican. Uh, he gave a few examples here. Okay, so 21 years in the Senate. Can you imagine? Two decades this person is, is, is in the United States Senate, doesn't even belong there for one day. What does she do? Votes for amnesty. Votes against funding for the border, border wall and border security. Uh, votes against Justice Kavanaugh who just gave us such great victories at the Supreme Court, including the overturning of Roe v. Wade, but for the radical justice, the newest justice, Katanji Brown-Jackson, votes for taxpayer-funded abortion without limit, all through nine months. Votes against the Second Amendment. Votes for the second impeachment hoax and for the unselect committee, this woman does not belong in the United States Senate. So President Trump made it very clear and really energized the crowd to get out there and instead elect Kelly to the Senate, Kelly Chewbacca, who was there and spoke. And of course, uh, asked the crowd, let's show President Trump how much we here in Alaska love him. Uh, so that took place there uh, at this rally. And of course, you know, at all his rallies, one of the things that President Trump does is he catalogs the destructive policies of the Democrats. He also gives us a formula for hope. And I'm going to summarize here for you before we uh, uh, conclude here tonight. 
uh, what his simple formula is. What's President Trump's formula for getting this nation back? Uh, we're going to summarize that for you in just a couple of sentences. Um, but he points out, for example, the murder rate under Biden has hit its highest point in 25 years. It's like, what? What's going on here? What kind of leadership do we have? It's no leadership. That's the problem. Um, and then, of course, you know, I love how he tells the stories about how he got things done. This is one of the reasons that he needs to run. I'm convinced he will run and that he needs to win, which I'm convinced he will as well. Because, look, a lot of people can have the right positions. And this has to be a, a, a talking point in this particular election. A lot of people can have the right positions, brothers and sisters. But not everybody knows how to fight for them effectively. Not everybody knows how to win and get things done that nobody else who had the same levers of power at their fingertips was able to pull off. Now, he didn't mention it in this particular rally, but moving the embassy to Jerusalem and getting the right to try activated where, where people who are terminally ill can try life-saving drugs. They haven't been approved yet, but they're under trial. But they say, hey, listen, I'll take the risk. It's the only chance I have. He got these things that did not come up out of the blue during the Trump administration. These were things that had been tried, talked about, uh, uh, and, and, and efforts had been made to get them done for decades. He got them done and used a long litany of things in that category where people had talked about them, wanted them, made efforts for them, didn't get them done, didn't know how to get them done. And then he gets into office and he actually gets them done. One of the examples he gave here about um, the nations that would not take back the criminal aliens. All sorts of destructive, violent gang members that had come into our country, because of course these other countries where they were, they didn't want them. So they get it, they chase them out, they come here, they come into America. And President Trump said, we're sending these people back. We don't need these destructive people in our nation. And there were three key nations that they wouldn't take them back. They wouldn't allow the planes to land. He described in the rally how they would put the planes on the runways to block the runways and keep the planes from landing, and they end up coming back to America. We don't want them. Joe President Trump calls up these countries, asks his, his team, how much are we paying these countries? And they tell him, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. He said, call up and tell them that we're stopping payment. There you go. You see the spirit there, the fighting spirit? You draw a line. You take a stand. You pull the levers of power that you have. Oh, we're not going to, we're going to stop. We're going to stop paying them. That's it. We're going to stop paying them. And then they call up, oh, how come you stop paying? Oh, listen, we got these people here and you don't want to take them back. We don't want them here because they're destructive. Take them back. All right, we'll be happy to take them back. Because now they weren't getting their money. This is a guy, brothers and sisters, it's not just a matter of having the right position. He knows how to make it happen. That's the kind of leadership we need. And then the other story he's told many times about going into Iraq, you know, and under the dark of night, meeting with the generals over there, finding out how things are going and destroying ISIS. And what had he been told? You remember this? Oh, we, uh, we can get rid of the ISIS caliphate. It'll take another two to three, uh, two to three years. 
and um, two to three years. And it was like, okay, why is it going to take so long? We have such military strength. What's going on? And he meets with uh, General Raisin Kane. You remember the story. Many of you have heard it. And then he says, uh, you know what? Um, how, would we get, how would we finish the job here? Get rid of the ISIS caliphate. And he asks him. And he says, uh, sir, uh, we could do it in three weeks. He says, how would you do it in three weeks? Well, attack, just instead of attacking them from one base from far away, which by the time we fly there, we can only fight for a little while because they're running out of fuel and they're going to go back to the base to refuel. We've got, we can fight them from seven bases at once that are much closer. We can get rid of them in three weeks or less, not two to three years. Well, he says, uh, President Trump says, uh, well, uh, well, why didn't you tell us that before? Oh, sir, that's not our job. We do what we're told. And nobody ever asked us except you. See, see, here's what I'm getting at, friend. There's the spirit right there. There's what makes President Trump successful. There's what makes Trump Trump and makes him unique, which is he's going there and not just to be there in person in some kind of symbolic way, right? I mean, presidents, you know, go places all the time and, you know, it's a symbolic ceremony. He goes, he meets with people face to face. This is just what the same thing he used to do on the construction sites when he was in the real estate business, you know, going there and talking about the details and how to make the project go faster at lower cost, more efficiency. He does the same thing when he's president of the United States. And he goes there and he talks to the general and says, how quick can you get this done? We can do it in three weeks. Why didn't you ever tell anybody that? They never asked us. But he did ask them. They told him, and he authorized it. And he wiped them out, wiped out the caliphate. Not 80%, not 90%, not 95%, but 100%. Now, how people can understand that that's leadership, as Joseph is saying, give me your comments, friends, give me your questions. Joseph is saying, you know, well, that's... Uh, uh, Common sense. Trump has common sense. And that's what he always says. You know, people ask him if he's conservative. You know what his answer is. He says, well, you know, my, my, my policies line up with, you know, conservative policies. But really, he says, my governing principle is common sense. And common sense is also rooted in communication with people. You really and truly listen to them. And you're really you're willing to take advice from anybody and everybody. Trump does not have this elitist attitude that you only take advice from the experts. You only take advice from the elites. Like Rhea is saying, yes, he listens, he thinks, he acts. But those are the those are the pieces of the formula. You listen, and you listen to everybody. That doesn't mean you're going to take everybody's advice because people's advice is going to be is going to be contradictory. But you listen. You truly listen. You listen to people who have experience, and then. You make the decision, you have to be decisive, and then you act, and you act whether people think it's politically correct or not. So much advice is given to people. You know, President Reagan was given the advice not to say that famous line in his speech, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Tear down this wall. They didn't want him to say it. So many leaders would not have done uh, uh, things that shaped history, that we remember forever, had they followed only the advice about what 
was politically correct. It was a great rally the other night in Anchorage. He made clear, and I'm going to tell you in a minute what that Trump formula is. I'm also going to answer another question. Stick with us. Can Biden really reverse this victory we had in the Supreme Court over Roe v. Wade? Can he save Roe? Talk about that in a second. But if the Republicans, or we should say when, they are back in power in the House, in the Senate, and in the White House, we will have parents' rights restored. All of you who are parents, you want your children indoctrinated with some kind of garbage uh, in the schools. Trump already wiped out a lot of that. He had the first executive order banning critical race theory. And and guess what? Democrats come in and they uh, put all that garbage back in again. You know, Ben is asking a good question. I like your name, by the way, Ben Franklin. Uh, What do we say to our friends who keep on talking about January 6th? Tell them that all this is, is an attempt to make sure that Trump doesn't run again. That's from beginning to end and everywhere in between. And the content and the motive of that fake and all those lies is precisely to try to keep him from running again. And that's what it is. And if they don't have the ability to see that, they are they don't have their eyes open. Uh, and you just got to help them, help them. I mean, some people will listen to this, friends. We know a lot of people won't, no matter what we say. But some of it may help them to reframe this mentally and say, oh, well, that's what's going on. That's what's going on. All they can do is talk about that. The man isn't, isn't in the White House right now. Restore free speech. That's another thing that will happen when Republicans get power once again. They believe in the Constitution. The Republican-appointed justices are defending free speech at the level of the Supreme Court. You saw what happened with the Coach Kennedy case, right? and uh, end censorship. And then, of course, he gave people a very practical piece of advice, which I want to repeat here. Get your account on Truth Social. Truth Social. Get your account there. You can follow me there at FR Frank Pavone. You see the address there on the the screen. Uh, But it's a great platform, free speech platform. Say what you want. Give give the, uh, the thoughts that you want. Um, there's a question there about Trump running. Uh, let me see what was that. Oh, can they stop President Trump from running again? Carolyn, the, the, the thing they're trying to do is to uh, is what they try to do to all of us in one way or another, and that is to tar a person's reputation, to make a person uh, dubious about what whether they can trust a person. They don't care if an accusation is true or false. They don't care that they're not allowing any uh, counter witnesses or cross-examinations in this in this phase. Uh, 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 fake uh, committee. Uh, all they care is about somebody hears a sound bite, somebody reads a headline, somebody sees a, you know, a 10 second news bite. And they, uh, you know, their, their, their view of a person is uh, weakened or it's, uh, they try to plant doubts in people's mind. They have no concern about the truth. But, um, but this way here, they hope to erode support for him among the American people. The good news is it's not working and it's not going to work. Because the support is so, so strong. What is the President Trump formula for dealing with all of this? Whether it's the fake uh, uh, committee's work or whether it's the disaster on the border, the destruction of life and values and all this garbage that's going on. Here's the formula. And he said it again at this rally. He says it at every rally. 
You got to make sure not to miss it. Here's the formula. There are sick, and these are the words he used, sick, sinister, and evil people within our country. We have foreign enemies, but it's the domestic enemies that are the biggest threat, the sick, sinister, evil people that want to destroy this country. And here's the three pieces of the formula. No, recognize that that's the biggest danger, first of all. And then recognize the nation does not belong to them, it belongs to you. Our Supreme Court decisions in recent weeks really brought that message home, didn't they? Abortion policy, you want to protect the unborn children? The power belongs to you. That's what the Supreme Court said. It doesn't belong to us. We nine unelected justices are not going to set the policy for you. Set it yourselves through the work of persuasion and election and lobbying and lawmaking. Set it yourselves. The power is going back to you. It's what President Trump said at his inaugural address. Remember his inaugural address? This is not so much the transfer of power from one party to another. It's the transfer of power from Washington, D.C. back to the people. This nation does not belong to them. The radical, elite, sick, sinister, evil people, it belongs to you. And then part of the Trump formula, the other two pieces, besides recognizing the nation belongs to you, not to the wackos, to whom do we kneel and about what do we speak? Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. President Trump says something very interesting, and, and I'm afraid that often we can miss it. By the way, when I make these points, I want to put this hat on. You have your hats, right? Put your, put your hats on if you got them there at home. And wear them proudly in public. He says, what do we speak about? And this is a very biblical, biblical teaching, by the way. Paul says, think about these things that are honest, virtuous, and true, and pure, and good. And then he says, I believed, therefore I spoke. And Jesus said, again, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If whatever your heart is full of is what your words are going to be full of. And President, President Trump says they have to be full, not about problems, or complaints, or race, how racist our country is. but greatness. So what do we talk about in our society? We got to talk about greatness because when we talk about greatness, we're thinking about greatness and what we focus our minds on is what we become. People who believe in this lie that our country is racist, they're the ones making it racist. What we think about, what we talk about, what our heart is focused on is what we become. Focused on Christ, you grow into the image of Christ. So the Trump formula here is, the nation belongs to you. So talk about greatness, because you're thinking about greatness. And then, to whom do we kneel? We Americans kneel, he says, and we Christians kneel to God alone. It's beautiful how he says that. That's why it's so amazing to me how deceived the anti-Trumpers are who think that he is so egotistical and maniacal and, oh, he's dictator. He's exactly the opposite. We believe in God. We worship God, he says at these rallies, not 
government, certainly not ourselves. We worship God. You want to see what an egomaniac in government is like? Don't, don't look at President Trump. Look at the communist ruler of China who says to the Christians over there in China, God have mercy on every last one of them, that they have to take down their crucifixes and pictures of Jesus and put it up instead, put up a picture of the Chinese communist leader. This picture of President Trump is here not because he ordered it to be here, but because we who believe in and worship God, not government, know that this is a man who believes the same thing. That's the Trump formula. It's beautiful and it's effective. This government, this country belongs to you. Talk greatness and kneel to God alone. That means we don't kneel to political correctness. And that goes back to what I was saying a few moments ago about how in his speech and in his speeches and in his record, you see that this is a man who knows how to get things done. Final question here tonight that I want to ask, then we're going to pray together. And I want to pray for your intentions too, so please go ahead and um, put those, any prayer. some of you are doing this already, if you put your prayer intentions on the, on the screen and in the comments, we'll all know how to uh, pray. Uh, but this is basically Joe's question here that I want to answer. Can Biden overrule the Supreme Court? The Supreme Court has given us a tremendous victory. The reversal of Roe versus Wade, brothers and sisters, Roe versus Wade was not allowing us to protect our unborn children by law. We had to protect them in many other ways, and we continue to protect them in many other ways, especially coming around the mom who is pregnant and afraid, the dad who is uh, afraid to be a father, and giving them practical help and alternatives to abortion. Friends, if you're not familiar with our ministry, go to endabortion.us and you'll see all the marvelous things that the pro-life movement does. So we got lots of different ways to save unborn babies. We've got to save them under the law. And the Supreme Court in Roe v. Wade was prohibiting us from doing that. But now that roadblock, which was in place almost 50 years, has been moved away. The, 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 the slate has been cleared. The door has been opened. The legislators and the people have been empowered. And now we can protect the unborn without fear of the court striking down the laws. Guess what the answer to this question is if Biden can save Roe and put back in out. Listen, listen to what he's trying to do. Because he had this press conference the other night. We're going to analyze it in detail on some future programs. But listen carefully to what he's trying to do. We need to restore Roe v. Wade. We need to protect Roe v. Wade. You know what he's saying? He wants to stop you, the American people, from protecting the unborn, if that's what you want to do, by electing lawmakers, whom you can also unelect if you don't like what they're doing, by electing lawmakers based on their policy platform, and then by talking to them and communicating with them and asking accountability, demanding accountability, because they work for you, you don't work for them, and persuading them. That's what we do with our lawmakers. You don't do that with Supreme Court justices, do you? You can't sit down and and lobby them. You can't vote them out if you don't like what decisions they're making. Biden wants to put it back into the hands of the Supreme Court justices. Because Roe v. Wade, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, that was nine unelected people saying, we'll decide. Roe v. Wade, seven to two, back in 1973, seven to two decisions saying, we'll decide what abortion policy will be in this country. And they, they put it wide open, abortion all throughout pregnancy. We'll decide. 
You don't have anything to say about it because it's a constitutional right. We're, meanwhile, never in our history was it asserted that there was a constitutional right to kill babies in the womb. Never. Roe v. Wade invented it out of whole cloth. No. The good news is, despite the bluster, despite the rhetoric, there is nothing Biden can do. He cannot reverse a Supreme Court decision, nor can he erase a single law. The Supreme Court has decided that the lawmakers will set abortion policy, and they're answerable to us. Biden cannot change any of that. Any kind of executive order has to always work within the limitations of existing law. The only reason a president can make an executive order is that laws give him a certain amount of decision-making power. He can form special committees, spread information about what people's rights are under the law, look to enforce laws better, and make certain decisions that existing law allows federal agencies to make. That's about it. So don't let yourselves or others you know be disturbed by this. As Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. The Supreme Court has given us an immense victory. And you know what the enemy wants to do when we get an immense victory? He wants to take our peace away. He wants to stop us from enjoying it. Be mindful of that tactic. You know, you know the old battle um, uh, theory, strategy, the battle is in the mind of the enemy. Think about that when it comes to all this. The battle is in the mind of the enemy. You want to make the enemy think that he's not doing as well as he may be doing. You want to make the enemy think that you're stronger than, uh, that he, you want to make the enemy think that you're stronger than he is even when the opposite is true. The battle is in the mind of the enemy. So brothers and sisters, do not be afraid, do not be disturbed, do not be discouraged. We've got a lot to be thankful for. And I wanna ask you friends, sign up for our election training seminar that's coming up this Thursday night. And we have these seminars every uh, every couple every couple of weeks, we're going to be having them weekly as the midterm elections get closer, and we're going to work together to really make this election an unforgettable victory. Many of you are talking, of course, about the importance of honesty and integrity in the elections. A lot of states have been taking action on that. And one of the things we do besides passing legislation for election integrity is just overwhelm the other side with such massive turnout that even efforts to steal are overcome by the honest votes that are out there. But we're going to have uh, Thursday night uh, one of these uh, tr voter training seminars, and I told you about ProLifeVote.com. Please go ahead and visit there, and you'll see at the top of the page how you can sign up. If you're interested, let us know. You might already be on our list, but let us know uh, that you're interested in uh, taking part. It's a, it's a basically it's a Zoom call for about an hour. And uh, we have people from all over the country, and we give you lots of practical resources and updates about how the elections can be influenced for the good. In fact, for the great. you got to think about greatness, like President Trump says, and uh, make this country great, save this country from the sinister, sick, evil people who are trying to destroy it. 
Let us pray. Father, we ask you to uh, take our, our audience tonight into your hands, Lord, and give them every spiritual blessing under the heavens. You have given us your Son, Jesus Christ. Will you not give us all good things besides? Give us, Lord God, the saving of America. Give us the greatness of America. Give us the protection of America. Lord God, give us the protection of our families and our communities and our schools and our borders and everything, especially our values, our unborn children, and our religious freedom. Those things for which our founders fought and for which they pledged their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor, we do the same. And we praise you, Lord, that the star-spangled banner yet waves o'er the land of the free, the home of the brave, Yes, it waves because we are still as committed as they were. We are still fighting as hard as they did. And we still know as clearly as our founders knew who it is in whom they had put their trust. Because they do, Lord, exactly what our 45th president keeps reminding us to do. To kneel only to you. To worship only you. And not government. And not any earthly power, but to put our trust in you, the supreme judge of the world and the God of providence, the source of our rights and the foundation of our freedom. We ask all this, Lord, as we ask you to bless the needs of all our viewers, all our audience, whether they're health needs or needs for wisdom, decision-making, or just consolation in sorrow or gratitude in, in joy. We ask you to bless all their needs, and we lift up these and all these intentions in the name of Jesus and using the words he gave us. Would you pray with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, thanks, friends. Please spread the word about this program. We'll come to you uh, live again tomorrow night. And uh, we uh, invite you to connect with us on social media. Now, I'm at FR Frank Pavone. And all the major social media platforms, starting with Truth Social, as President Trump urges us to do, Truth Social at FR Frank Pavone, and on the other uh, channels as well. And of course, Right Side Broadcasting Network, we're so glad to partner with them for this program and we're glad for their, their friendship with us. And at RSB Network, you can follow Right Side each day as well. Stay strong, stay safe, stay fervent in your patriotism and in your faith. And we will talk to you again tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.